and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. I'm Hilary Robertson. For this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by American drummer Joey Moronka and Brazilian percussionist Mauro Rafosco. They make up Jamaro. They have both had an amazing musical career and have joined together in Jamoro for a beautiful album called Delicate Butterfly. The album is out now and although the two have recorded before, this new album brings them together in some beautiful individual track. I'm looking forward to chatting with Joey and Mauro and hope you enjoy listening in. The conversation started with Mauro alone. We are so excited about it. Am I right in thinking it's the first time you two have actually come together in your own album. Yes, that's the case. As a band mates, we played together with Adam Sarpice on Tom York Project. We had like a long friendship, even though I live in the East Coast as in, he's in the West Coast. We always kept like this, this idea of like doing something together. And in, it coincided in 2016, we had like some time off, you know, from our schedules. And I came to Los Angeles and spent a week. We went to the studio and just like try so many different things. And that was the seed of what the record became. It was like mostly I had these collections of like little melody ideas, harmonic ideas. And so we, we jammed to those. And then later, you know, we furthered those ideas and changed a bunch of those. And yeah, that was the core of the, the record. Yeah, because it's quite unusual, isn't it, to have a band that is, you know, a drummer and a percussionist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, it, and, and, it, and that's the challenge of it. Because, our, you know, our brain is kind of like limited in that sense. <laughs> and, and, and so it was like, that was, I guess, part of the excitement was to, even though we are like experienced and old in some ways, we are like, oh, I think we can it yeah it yeah. makes us so so exciting you know yeah i mean you've obviously both of you have got a lot of experience working with a lot of really big names and great musicians right but it doesn't sound doesn't sound like old people's music you know oh, yeah oh, thank you yeah maybe we should just change the pictures <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> I think the spirit, you know, are like both of us are, we, it's so funny, we, we have so many similarities and one of them is that both of us, we have like young kids. And, and so a, a lot of our conversations is like, oh yeah, how is your son or yeah. your daughter? And, and like the interactions we have with them and being parents. And so somehow that was part of the, of the inspiration as well, you know, like uh, very specific, like the, the, the name of the record, like Blue Marble Sky was, was my daughter, you know, we are looking outside of like these windows and, and she said, oh, tonight is a Blue Marble Sky, daddy. And I was like, wow, let me write that down because that could be like a, I, I thought maybe that could be a, a band name, but then I, I, I sent to Joe and said, oh yeah, that's a good, title for the record or, or like a song title because yeah. we are compiling you know we are like making a list of ideas and things or another one was his son picked up the name for a song yeah maybe that's part of the process in terms of getting your influences from and in fact through the eyes of children 
exactly. You know, the world is a very different place, isn't it, when you look with a child? Yeah, if you allow yourself to do that, because sometimes parents are saying, no, 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 do this way, you're trying to be... But, you know, sometimes you have a moment that's like, oh, okay, let's yeah. follow their lead and their trip, and it's, it's quite amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this was recorded in 2017, 2018? So the, 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 this, the seed of the project was 2016. In, right. In April 2016, we went to Los Angeles and we worked at the boat, which at the time was Flea's personal studio. Uh, so, so why has it taken five years for it to come together and to be this, you know, amazing thing, which is really, it really is, but... Well, it was... Uh, we both but uh, we both got really busy. Uh, I think Joey, uh, right after he he started the process of touring with Roger Waters on on the last tour, which I think it lasted about three years. So from 2016 to 2019, he was busy with that, and I I was doing different projects, and I also went on tour with. Uh, David Byrne, the American Utopia tour. Uh, so when I when I came back from that tour, uh, which ended the, the December of 2018, uh, you know when you come back from a tour, usually there is a bit of a limbo. You until you you're scared to get you know like you, you picked up again work and you get busier again. And I used that limbo to, to revisit the jams that we had and the, the ideas. And, and I start, I really liked it because I had fresh years and I start editing it and sending these ideas to Joey. And, and, and Joey was in the same situation. He had just finished Roger Waters and he had like some months that, you know, he was off. So we coincided that both our schedules, so we, we are able to, to, to do this trading files, you know, like a, right. usually by the end of the day, I would send like what I had done. And, and we found this dynamic that was, was really, uh, it was really great that I was mostly playing the instruments. I was playing the melodic instruments and, and Joey was like, uh, producing them, like, you know, like getting the audios and processing and, uh, and adding to the songs and doing that kind of work. So it, it was, was, was a great, you know, like, uh, we found this good, good strategy. And it, it was very natural. We didn't plan on it. Uh, and, and also, you know, we judged each other and said oh yeah this is great or mm, maybe we can try something else on this and so it was like that that was the process it was a real collaboration yeah tell me a bit about your background well i'm, I'm from brazil where i i study and i i attended a university uh and then I, I moved to United States uh, to, to pursue a master degree at Manhattan School of Music, where I studied from 92 to 94 with a, a, with a teacher called Christopher Lamb. He, he's the principal percussionist from the New York Philharmonic. 
so my background is a little bit from the, the classical world. And, uh, but yeah, you know, when uh, in Brazil, there is so much like popular music and regional music and, you know, percussion is a big part of it. So I had that aspect in my education as well. And somehow when I came to New York, uh, that, that kind of music, the popular music, it was more urgent than going into the classical field. And so I, I, I kind of like switched my education. You know, I finished my master's, but my mind was like more into the popular music. And being in New York allowed me to do that because, you know, in New York, there is so much music. There is jazz. There is like Brazilian music. There is rock and roll. There is like Broadway. There is, you know, like singer songwriter. And I was lucky enough that when I finished my master in 94, I right away, I got an audition to, to David Byrne band. He was, he was putting together a new band for a tour. And I ended up getting the, the, the call and I did that tour in 94. And that's when I decided to stay in New York and, and, and have my career, develop my career here. You've worked with some amazing names across lots of genres. And I guess that's because you've got that mix of classical and jazz and, um, you know, Brazilian. Hang on a minute. Joey's joining us. So, hi, Joey. Thank you for joining us as well. <laughs> um, so, tell me, Joey, I mean, Marrow's explained a little bit about how you two got together. So, when you had that session on the West Coast in 2016, did you feel like this was something that was going to become this great album or did you was it did it just feel like playing around with some ideas? At the time, I, I had no ex- expectations. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I, there, there was definitely a, um, I mean, you know, we, we got together to do it because we knew something exciting was going to come out of it. And, um, and, you know, I think it's easy for, for us and any musicians in this day and age to, um, you know, to kind of try to collaborate and do things remotely and, and um, so I think, you know, actually deciding to be together in person and make the commitment to go into a studio um, and, you know, take the time and all of that um, kind of pushes it to another, another level in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. When you were collaborating, Maro talked about you know, sending tracks backwards and forwards and that sort of thing afterwards when you were mixing it together in the last few years. Were there were there tracks that you discarded because you just couldn't make anything of them or did you have you used everything? We definitely prepared before so we, we weren't just, you know, quote, jamming, unquote, like Morrow had for sure had some ideas and um, most of the ideas... And um, I maybe had some, and then I think after we we met in the studio and kind of jammed on those, you know, sort of prepared ideas, then I think what the next thing that happened was that Morrow on his own kind of wrote to more or went through those tracks, kind of sifted out 
the things that were working best. And then, and then he sent it back to me and it, it kind of went back and forth that way. But the thing was, I don't think there were any, like, I'm pretty sure that there weren't any things that we both, you know, worked on to the point where they felt finished, but we decided we, they just weren't good enough. Like we, we only pursued the, the tracks that were working. Right. Uh, did you meet working in, um, it was with Tom York, is that right? No, we met years and years before. Um, actually, I think Wamara came to my house in LA um, many, many years ago. And I think, I think we piece or, or um, Mara was, am I right? It was for the, um, you, you were doing like a, a KCRW morning. It becomes eclectic with mutual friends of ours. Um, um, Miho Hattori, who's in Chibomato, if you remember. Um, and, uh, and our friend Smokey, <laughs> who's an amazing musician, guitar player. Um, so they had a, they had a band called Smokey and Miho and, um, like around 2000. And I, I remember when we went to play at KCRW or WKCR? K KCRW. You know, they make you arrive like really early, like maybe seven, seven thirty, And they give you like, they give you like a little bit of coffee and bagels and cream cheese. And Joey was like, oh, excuse me, would you have some tomatoes <laughs> instead of cream cheese? <laughs> I was like, wow, this guy is cool. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> uh, and even, even though uh, uh, I think after that, and uh, we kept this, this idea of like, wow, wow, we should play together, even though, you know, he lives in the West Coast and I live in the East Coast. Uh, over the years, when we visit, you know, like the coasts and, and we had time, we would like be able to hang and keep this friendship alive. And so now Blue Marble Sky is coming out any day now. And are you going to do a launch event or are you, because this is going to be really hard to replicate live, isn't it? We could easily do it, but, but um, this is so strange, but um, we've been like trying to, to do what you can in these times or, you know, now it's getting better, obviously, but we've been doing these, just doing TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, someone was you know kind of urging us to do it and we're like fine we'll we'll have a good attitude and have fun with it which it it is really fun and but at the same time it's like actually preparing each you know we could actually prepare a set that way funny enough um right. yeah so when you know when we played to them like we have the tracks since we made them and so we can just take away the things that we would replicate live and leave some things in and see very clearly like how other, you know, musicians could slot in. And it would be great to see the two of you on stage. I mean, do you, Joey, do you stick to the kit and then 
Mauro, you stick to the percussion or do you like jump in and out? How does that work? That's, that's yeah. kind of like how it's been naturally going that way, you know, with, uh, and how we've been doing it. Because I think it's also, it's interesting, you know, like to the possibility of, of taking the drummers from the back and then bring it to the front and, and yeah. that being the attraction, you know, like, oh, how actually do they do that? And, and I think people are curious about that. So it, it, we noticed that. And so we, we you know, as, as Joey said, like in these times, how you achieve that, uh, we are brainstorming on, on, on how to do, but that's, that's one of the, one of the ideas. Yeah. Um, Joey, Mauro has told me a little bit about his background, you know, coming from Brazil and, uh, you know, ending up in, in Brooklyn. Can you tell me a bit about your musical background? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles in basically in the, like my father was in the music business. Oh. Um, so I'm one of those kids, but, but, um, but I was doing like playing live shows, um, when I was a teenager, like kind of as a, I guess I didn't really think of myself as a professional musician, but I, I, wa I guess I was, um, and I, I was, uh, mostly playing with like people who are much older than me in this, there was sort of like a, um, a crazy, like almost like a retro but kind of blues revival at the time in LA that was like kind of spearheaded by like John Doe from X was one of the people who's part of that. And, and then, other, you know, others like that. But so it was kind of like, I was as a teenager having to, play a lot and play these old styles but they were varied but it set me up to you know have a kind of a a strong kind of background with things like blues and jazz and then you know the music the other music newer music at the time that I was interested in um you know suddenly I was like playing many different styles of music by the time I was 16 or 17 and just kept naturally doing that for, right. forever. And then I was in like a touring rock band in the, my late, like an indie rock band in my late teens. And then until like my early twenties. And then I met Beck and just ended up playing with him and then many other people after from, from then on. Yeah, and, and, and uh, both of you have got an incredible musical pedigree in terms of the people that you've played with and, and, and worked with. Yeah, I was like, I, I, you know, I don't think I really, I didn't really have too many goals in terms of, you know, like I want to, um, what, you know, I was just happy to be playing and playing at a level that the playing at the level I was and with the people I was playing with and, you know, maybe somewhere in there I was like, Oh, well, I wish I was in a, a drummer in a band kind of a thing. But, um, I also, am, you know, just 
embraced what was happening. And then I started to look up to the wrecking crew or like famous, you know, old, like from the sixties and seventies musicians, like, or like Jim Keltner, who um, was a drummer for John Lennon and George Harrison and everyone. But so I was sort of embracing the, the fact that I could change styles. And that was my, that was sort of my musical superpower. Right. One of the things that I've really liked about doing this podcast is talking to people whose music doesn't just fit nicely into one box. And clearly you're both of you have have played with people in lots of different genres and and none. And uh, this this I love what I've heard. I haven't heard the whole album yet, but what I've heard so far, I really like. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. I mean, it is very, it's kind of all over the place stylistically. <laughs> That's good. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so glad that people enjoy that because that's kind of what I've always liked. <laughs> yeah. And I think in some ways, for me, it feels like this last year, the constraints of lockdown and the pandemic have actually in some ways given us freedom because you can li- you can listen to lots of different types of music you can read lots of different types of books you can watch different types of films you know we've all had our ordinary routines completely stopped and i think with our tastes as well you know you think about the food that you eat and and the the things that you can go out and do you know everything got changed and and with that I think in some ways came a certain type of freedom I agree um and for me anyway I'm sure a lot of people but um the craziness of suddenly like not having the kind of social contact I mean even if I was still talking to a lot of the same people it was less and it wasn't in person and I wasn't having the normal you know interactions that I you know, kind of took for granted, like just going to get a cup of coffee kind of a thing. Yeah. Now I'm realizing a year later that that sort of taking all of that away and and sort of being alone, like I ended up doing things I would never do and definitely, you know, exploring interests that I usually wouldn't just because the, those influences somehow weren't there. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thank you so much, both of you. It's been amazing to talk to you. It's been really good. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. That was, that was really great. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Joe and Morrow from Jamorrow. And their album, Blue Marble Sky, is out now. The, all the links are on the show notes. And don't forget, you can connect with me on social media. And you can also buy me a coffee. And please do rate and review Harmonious World wherever you get your podcasts. I began this podcast with the start of Mirror from Blue Marble Sky. And I'm going to end with the final few bars of Delicate Butterfly, which is the current single. Thank you for joining me once more on Harmonious World. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon.
Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.